In today's episode, I want to be introspective and not self-indulgent as I talk about what I've learned over the past eight years of putting together this podcast as we pass the millionth download milestone. This is the Vacation Rental Success Podcast, keeping you up to date with news, views, information and resources on this rapidly changing short-term rental business. I'm your host, Heather Bayer, and with 25 years of experience in this industry, I'm making sure you know what's hot, what's not, what's new and what will help make your business a success. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This is a monumental week if you are listening in the week of publication, because we will this week pass the millionth download, which is quite a milestone. To me, it's a really unique distinction that I've been striving for for a number of years. And, you know, it's, it's finally come. We have had the podcast or podcast episodes have been downloaded a million times. You know, I, as I said, just in that little introduction, I want to be introspective in this episode and look back over the last eight years of podcasting and the lessons that I've learned from it. I don't want to be self-indulgent, but for a moment, I'm going to be very self-congratulatory and pat myself on the back for getting here because, you know, eight years is a long, long time. And so many changes have come about in the industry over those eight years. So my voice is a little bit gravelly this morning. And I, I had this sort of weird virus just after Christmas. No idea where it came from. But, uh, you know, it, it still left some lingering symptoms like the occasional cough and this deep gravelly voice in the morning, which my husband said he quite likes, which is, uh, yeah, but let's not go there. So, so that is one sort of slightly unusual thing you're hearing here. The other slightly unusual thing is you might hear some banging and crashing going on in the background. So I am sitting in an RV park in deepest, well, not deepest Alabama, but southern Alabama, right down on the Gulf Coast. And we are having a weather event. We had a weather event all overnight and really, really high winds torrential rain. So that's probably contributed to the gravelly voice a little this morning because I had uh, I was awake for a couple of hours in the night just hoping that the whole RV was going to hang together and and stay the course of an Alabama storm. It seems to have done but we still have some residual high wind. So, you know, think things are still banging around outside which you you may hear. No apologies for that. It 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 is what it is. It's weather and in, in the words of Epictetus, well, it's not in the words of Epictetus, but it's in the words of, of me. According to Epictetus, there is no such thing as bad weather or good weather. There is only weather and our attitude towards it. And uh, Mike and Andrea, and Mike's my son, my business partner in the Vacation Rental Formula, uh, Mike uh, and his wife and children joined us here in uh, Gulf Shores yesterday for, for three days before they head back to Ontario. The weather could not be worse for 
a beach, uh, their, their short beach vacation. But hopefully it's going to it's going to brighten up over the next couple of days. And there's nothing nicer than a, a good beach walk in some wild weather. You know, as long as you stay out of the ocean and the Whitra and the riptides, etc. So I've got a great week ahead as uh, as I head out and spend some time with the family. I, I actually didn't expect it when I left Ontario after Christmas with the family to come down to Alabama to and said goodbye to them. Yeah, we'll see you in April. What a long time. And then have them turn up on the doorstep two and a half weeks later. Testament to family, I guess. We all love each other's company. We have such a great time together. So <clears throat> I'm really looking forward to, to, to spending the next few days with them. So... As I've said, I'm not going to be self-indulgent in this, but I want to be a little introspective. I want to talk about what I've learned over the past eight years of doing this podcast, you know, of talking to so many different industry experts and industry professionals, people from all walks of life, from those unique individuals who run a single property in a niche market all the way through to the CEOs of some of the most well-known companies in this business. Every single one of them has had something to offer me, something to offer all of my listeners. So I wanted to go through some of these and bring you just some of the nuggets of knowledge that they've shared with me, many of them that I've acted upon. Recently, I've been talking about stoicism and my interest in it and realising that I've been, my whole life probably been following stoic principles. But it's just in the study of the philosophy now that I've realised exactly how much I do it, which is pretty gratifying, actually, because I love these principles. And I've been reading letters from a stoic, which is the letters that the philosopher Seneca sent to his friend Lucilius. And in those letters, in one of those letters, Seneca instructs his friend to find one thing each day that will, quote, fortify him against death, despair, fear, or adversity. Just one thing, just one nugget. And that's what most of Seneca's letters to Lucilius are about. They've got a little prescription on life, a quote, and almost all of them have they begin with a story. If you've ever thought that philosophy is dry, I would really encourage you to start with letters from a Stoic. I have found that as I, as I go through each of them, that I could spend a day or more just on each of these letters, and I believe there's about 164 of them and go through each of these letters and find an amazing life lesson in every single one of them. Uh, The translation is really good. It it brings it to you in plainer English. I'm not saying it's in plain English, but plainer English, because you still have to get around some of the ancient wording. But in each case, in each letter, Seneca is extremely explicit. And in this one, his lesson for the day was really your one thing. Find your one thing in every single day. Every time you listen to a podcast, you read an industry article or watch an educational video, try to walk away having grabbed at least one thing. And in the words of Ryan Holiday, who I'm following as well, he wrote The Obstacle is the Way, which is a great book, by the way. 
And he said that's how wisdom is accumulated piece by piece, day by day, book by book, podcast by podcast. And if you can get to the end of your day and evaluate what you did during that day, write it down, journal it, and make sure that you write in there what one thing you learned in that day and what you're going to do with it. And I've taken up that practice recently and find it just extremely valuable exercise to do. You know, we're, we're on a learning journey. We're on a journey accumulating knowledge. And particularly in our, in our industry, there's so much new happening all the time. And personally, I love it. I, I love to come away at the end of the day having learned something new about the industry. I quite like general knowledge too. So I like to end every day looking back and thinking, you know, what did I learn today that I didn't know before about anything? For example, you know, I come from Ontario. We have loons. The common loon is is iconic in Ontario. If you live on a lake, the call of a loon at dawn is is the and, and at dusk is the most haunting sound that you'll ever hear. I never knew that common loons were also common to the Gulf Coast. I was sitting outside my RV looking across the lake the other day and I heard the call of a loon. And it's like, oh, really? How did that happen? Have the loons migrated down here for the, for, for the winter? And some do. Some, some do leave Ontario for the winter. And, and then I looked it up. That was my piece of knowledge that uh, the common loon is common to Alabama as well. Hey, you know, if you've been watching Jeopardy!, there's some amazing stuff going on there. I, I don't know, maybe in 20 years' time, I'll be ready to be a contestant on Jeopardy with all this knowledge that I'm accumulating. So uh, so that's my that's my first thing I want to share with you before, before I go into sort of the body of this episode is take away one thing from every single day and make sure you document it so that you don't forget it. I mean, maybe that's just me. I'm, I, I forget stuff, but I think it's a hugely valuable thing to do. So I'm going to kick off with um, just a little backstory. I know a lot of people know my backstory. I've, I met somebody at the Vacation Rental Women's Summit back in December and sat down with her at the table and introduced myself. And I said, I'm Heather Bearshit. I know who you are and I know your life history. And that was quite, and I said, oh, right. And she said, yeah, I listen to every podcast you've ever published. I know all about you, she said, which is really, really weird. And, and I said, yeah, exactly. I think it's really, really weird too. But, you know, I've, I've been out there sharing what I do, why I do it, and my, my back history for a long, long time. So I'm just going to, to share it briefly in a nutshell for those listeners who may be brand new to this podcast. And I hope I have some brand new listeners. So as you can tell by my accent, I'm, I'm English. I was born and brought up in England until 2003 when I moved to, to Ontario. And the story behind that is that I, a late developer, I didn't even get to doing my degree and postgraduate degree until I was in, in my mid-30s, um, which is when I took up psychology and, and began to, uh, to study some cognitive psychology and got some qualifications in counselling and psychotherapy and hypnotherapy. 
So I became, I was a practicing hypnotherapist for a number of years. Then I, at the same time, I founded a management company in, in the UK. And my niche was middle range managers in the health service. And I don't, I cannot recall for the life of me how I got into that niche. We were working with the UK government on some educational qualifications called National Vocational Qualifications. And, and I think one of my first contracts was with the National Health Service and once I got into training middle managers in the NHS, I actually never got out of it. So I spent about 10 years doing that. And I worked with a partner in that, a business partner. And having just spent 20 years working with another business partner in Ontario in my property management company, that's going to be my second lesson, and which I'll talk about in a second. It's about choosing your partners wisely. So while I'm doing hypnotherapy, while I'm out doing training with middle managers in the NHS, we had a brief break, had a holiday in Canada in the late 1990s. And that's when I discovered the whole world of cottage rentals. Because we came across to Canada in 1998 for a family wedding. And we my brother had found us a, my brother was getting married. He found us a little cottage on a lake uh, for the week that we would be there for the wedding. There were 12 of us, big family. And we arrived en masse with absolutely no idea of where we were going. And he had just given us an address, said, you know, be there at this time and somebody will take you to the property. So we arrive at said address to find that it is, uh, it's, it's a dock, it's a wharf out in the middle of nowhere. And there's this gorgeous lake and this sort of landing right beside it. So, you know, we park the car in the car park and we all look at each other, park the cars. There were several of us park the cars. We look at each other, think, you know, what the heck is this about? We don't see any property in the vicinity. And then a boat arrives and it was a very nice boat. Um, was able to take four or five of us at a time and on, on our luggage and we got in the boat and yeah, this property that my brother had found us was uh, boat access only. So in about four or five ferry rides, the boat captain, who was my my brother's newly minted son-in-law, took us across uh, to this tight, well, to this fairly decent-sized cottage. Actually, there were were twelve of us, but it had not been occupied in about six months, apart from the mice. So the twelve of us arrived with all our luggage, were deposited. Our new relative went off with a nice boat, leave, leaving us with a little tin boat with a nine horsepower motor, which was to be ours for the week, and left us looking at piles of mouse droppings and toilets that didn't work. <laughs> it, was, it was, long and short of it, just, uh, just a bit of a disaster of a place. However, those of you who've, you know, I've told this story a gazillion times, and I'm not going to go into it, but, you know, at the end of the week, we'd, we'd had an amazing time. And I was sitting out in a rock, watching the sunset, watching the sun go down with my sister. And we had a glass of wine and we looked out and I looked back at this, this cottage and this, this, the outhouse that we had to use for most of the week, which was leaning ever so slightly on a rock. And I said, you know, we could do this. We could actually do this business in Canada in a much better way. And that was the start of it all. That was the moment it all started. And I came back after that week of vacation and put the wheels in motion to start a holiday company. Yes, I am a serial startup entrepreneur, I guess. I love to start up companies, get the ideas, and I want to get going on them. Um, so 
yeah, started a holiday company. And within you know, six months, Clearwater Holidays was marketing Ontario cottages to the Brits. And, and we were doing very nicely. We were packaging up air, the, air, you know, the air travel and the rental, car rental and the cottage and sending people on vacations to Ontario to cottage country, which nobody in England had ever heard of. So that was sort of the start of it. And then you know, three, three or four years later, decided that I'd had enough of travelling backwards and forwards to Ontario every six weeks to bring on board more properties and buy my own. And I started buying a, a slew of cottages in Ontario as well. Um, so in 2003, we finally bit the bullet, packed everything up and left the shores of England to live in Canada. So that was it. That, that's my, that was my back story. And then in 2005, I accumulated all the knowledge I'd got from buying and renting out my properties. And I wrote a book called Renting Your Recreational Property for Profit and then followed that up with a blog and then followed that up in 2008 with the idea of a podcast. Yep, 2008, I started thinking about doing a podcast. It was not until 2011, I went out and bought equipment. And then in 2013, I did a course. I did a course with a guy called Cliff Ravenscraft, and he had a podcast called Podcast Answer Man. And at that time, you know, starting a podcast wasn't easy. You, it was a lot, you had to learn a lot of technical stuff. Whereas now it's all plug and play. Then it was much, much different. You, you had just so many different things that you had to do to tie it all in together and to upload it to iTunes, etc. Now, Anybody can start a podcast in 10 minutes. Uh, yeah, it was it was tough. I did the course and in, in 2013, I recorded the huge, huge amount of 10 episodes. And I have to say, episode number two is still the most listened to ever. That was the one that Mike and I did about getting started in vacation rental. So, you know, people are still listening to that one where I think I haven't listened to it for ages. Um, but I think there's probably a load of stuff on there that, that maybe is outdated now, I'm sure. But it's still downloaded 20 to 30 times every single month. 2014, Mike said to me, because we just started Vacation Rental Formula, and he said, come on, we've got to do this consistently. We've got to do this every single week, because if you're not consistent, people aren't going to listen. So since 2014, I have broadcast a podcast every single week, there was one week I missed a couple of years ago and I had personal issues, uh, family issues in England that we had to deal with. And we did republish a previous podcast in that one week. But, you know, we still published it. We still have had one every single week since 2014. And for several years, it was the only podcast in the space. And now there's dozens. There are so many. Some of them are extremely good. And, you know, I certainly listen to plenty of uh, industry podcasts and get a whole lot out of them. I'm not going to mention any in particular. You know, I, I want people to go out and you know, go, go to iTunes and just put short-term rental or vacation rental. Or if you want to specifically, just put Airbnb into the search box and it will come up with a whole slew of different podcasts. Read the reviews, you know, that's what we're all about. Read the reviews, find out if this is something for you. And you will you will pick up so much information. And you know, if you just listen to a couple of podcasts 
episodes every week, you will begin to accumulate that one nugget of information every day. And you can just imagine a year's worth of accumulation of information, different information every single day about this industry, what you can do with it, where you can go. Uh, it's, it's quite astonishing. So really, the rest is history. So some, you know, a little bit of information on statistics, podcast statistics, because it's quite fascinating. In December 2021, my podcast reviews.com quoted some figures via Apple podcast statistics, and there's currently over 59 million episodes published in Apple podcasts up from, you know, up about 12% from June of 2021. And when you think that in, in 2018, there were 18.5 million episodes published in total, that, that is a huge increase. 18 million, 2018, 59 million in December 2021. The stats also show that, you know, there's a, there are a lot of podcasts out there, but the stats show that only 59% of them are currently active. And active means they released a new episode in the last 90 days. And currently, as far as actual podcasts are concerned, there's 548,447 active podcasts on Apple Podcasts as of December 2021. So a lot of podcasts. Having said that, there were a lot that got started in 2020 and they have dwindled and uh, actual podcast episodes being published has gone down about 35% in the last year, which probably means that people started up during the pandemic and have now gone back to work, they're doing other stuff, and the lure of sitting there in front of a microphone talking possibly to not many people you know, is, is no longer as, as attractive. But I want to give you one, now I'm going to be self-indulgent, I am going to be self-indulgent, because based on downloads per episode... Within the first seven days, as October, as of October 2021, the top 1% of podcasts would get around more than 3,974 downloads. So that's the top 1% of those, however many, nearly a million podcasts out there. The top 5% of podcasts get more than 731 downloads in the first seven days. And I'm very happy to say that uh, the Vacation Rental Success podcast gets, you know, upwards of 1,500 downloads in the first, you know, each episode gets that many downloads in the first seven days of publication. That's 1,500 people downloading each episode every week. That puts us in the, I would say, probably, well, it's in the top 5% of podcasts, but probably in, I'm, th I'm optimistically thinking we're probably in the top 2 to 3%. So I want to thank you, everybody who's listening today for downloading this episode and every other episode because you have contributed to this success. Talking about podcasts, somebody asked me the other day, you know, what podcast do, do I listen to? I listen to, you know, a fairly eclectic mix and, and really it's, it, it's whatever my mood, you know, the, the mood is at the time. I might pick up a podcast on Pinterest or Instagram and, you know, find somebody who has a lot of episodes and who talks to some of the top people in the social media sphere and I'll listen to those. So it's very sort of industry marketing focused. On the stoic side, I listen pretty religiously to the dailystoic.com 
podcast, and that's uh, that's by Ryan Holiday, and he varies with little five minute snippets, you know, a, a, a daily some daily inspiration to something that's uh, you know, a lot longer talking to somebody and. and just recently, I listened to an episode with him. He's, he's done an episode with James Clear, who wrote Atomic Habits, and with uh, Greg McCown, who wrote Essentialism. Both incredibly wonderful books. I'm listening, in fact, on my uh, Audible account to uh, James Clear's Atomic Habits. And I really, really encourage you to either download it on Kindle or 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 if you've got an Audible account, to use one of your credits for that book. And my one thing every day at the moment is coming straight out of Atomic Habits. And uh, and already, after sort of five days in, I am beginning to adjust and change some of my habits. So I'm really, really happy with that. So I also listen to This American Life. Every so often, I want something that's, you know, that's nothing to do with the business, nothing to do with personal self-development. It's just hearing about other people, you know, what, what other people do. And there's some absolutely amazing episodes in This American Life. If you've never listened to it, I strongly encourage you to download a few episodes. I mean, there's thousands of them. But um, my favourites, my all-time favourite episode was called Abdi and the Golden Ticket. And it is about a young man, a young Somali man, who is desperately trying to make it to the United States and become an American. So he's a Somali refugee living in Kenya, and he got the luckiest break of his life. He won the lottery. So it's the green card lottery, is I think that I think it's called. So he won the lottery that put him on a shortlist for a US visa. I don't think that happens anymore. But for Abdi, it was his ticket out of Kenya. And it's the story is is really by a UK a British uh, journalist who keeps in constant contact with Abdi over the course of his journey to get this visa. So I you know I I have listened to that three times now, and I think it's about time I listen to it again. And I'll you know here's a spoiler: Abdi does make it to the US. Um, he's now a speaker. He's now a mo- sort of motivational speaker. You can, he, he eventually settled in Maine, and in uh, 2018, he wrote a memoir called Call Me American, uh, chronicling his journey from Mogadishu to Yarmouth in Maine. So, yeah, just nothing to do with vacation rentals. It's just something that has stuck with me forever for, uh, since, uh, since listening to that episode. So I mentioned uh, partnerships, and this is something that I think is is really important, um, something that I've learned over the years of being in a couple of business partnerships. And I learned how important it is to, if you're going into business with somebody else, to find somebody who is diametrically opposite to you. And I did this way back in, in the 1990s when I was managing my training company or founded the training company and uh, took on a business partner. And he was actually a consultant who came into, I was having issues with my business and and I hired a consultant to come in and really assess how I was doing and what could be, what could be done differently. And in the course of the discussion with him, I realized that I was missing a whole range of skills. I mean, I knew this, 
um, because I floundered about in things like, you know, operational management and you know, the, the details. I don't do very well on details, basically, but I'm great on strategy. I'm great at looking at the big picture. You know, I'd probably be a great consultant. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I love to see the big picture and see how it all pans out across all the different elements of, of a business. And, and I can see from the top, you know, how everything should look, but I'm pretty bad at getting down in the detail and looking at, you know, okay, I can see how it, how it, how it could look and how it would work better, but actually getting into the detail, the operational details of how it's actually going to manifest itself, that was very, very different. So my consultant at uh, Leading Minds, my company was called Leading Minds, became my business partner because in my discussions with him, we realised that he had all the skills that I didn't and I had all the skills that he didn't. And we made a super successful business out of melding and blending those skills together. And then when I came into vacation rental management in the early 2000s, I came across my current business partner who I've been with for nearly 20 years now, Craig White. He founded cottagelink.com, which was the, the first listing site in Canada. And he was supplying information on properties that I was able to put into my Clearwater Holidays company and portfolio. And we met up face to face when I came out to Canada and I went to a, a trade show and I met with him and we sat down and we, it, was, it was meant to be a half hour meeting. And four hours later, we decided to go into business together and, and use his operational skills. Uh, he had a data management background which I have absolutely no interest in at all. And of course, I had the background that I was using in my management training company of communications and personal development and helping people and customer service. So once again, sort of it, it was just a, a partnership that was, was meant to be. We don't always agree. In fact, a lot of times we do not agree. And we don't not quite come to blows, but, but we we have we've had over the years some really good disagreements, but they've always been resolved and they've always been resolved in ways that have furthered the company and made us so much better. So my second lesson here today is about going into partnership with somebody else, because we often do that if we start a business and then we find somebody, usually somebody who's really, really like-minded that we want to go into partnership. Now, my caveat here is that I am in a business partnership with somebody that is exactly like me. And that's my son, Mike. Mike and I, and I've mentioned this before, we, we get together to talk about vacation rental formula. We'll spend a whole day just flooding post-it notes and sheets on the wall and whiteboards with ideas. And we come away so excited and then nothing happens because we have a real struggle in taking all those ideas and putting them into practice, which is why we are now a trio. And we have been a trio for a number of years, actually. Our third partner is Jason Beaton, uh, who's a digital marketing specialist. He he loves all those details and he keeps us in check. So if you are thinking about going into partnership, make sure that you have somebody, you know, the yin to your yang, somebody, somebody, just somebody who is different from you and fills in all the gaps because none of us 
even those of you, and I know there's plenty of you out there who do so much, you do absolutely everything from operational management to cleaning toilets to strategic planning to financial, to all the financial stuff, to the marketing. You do everything. But have a think about, you know, what are you great at? What do you love? What would you like to set on one side? This is something I've learned from so many people on the podcast that they start out doing everything and and then find they need to they need to make their first hire they need to bring somebody in and it's so easy to think oh I'm going to bring somebody in who's just like me and then I can step back a bit and let them take over but if it's somebody just like you they're going to have the same gaps that you do so so much better to bring somebody in who compliments you rather than mimics you I guess rather than somebody who is entirely the same. Yeah, episode after episode where I've talked to small property managers who are just embarking on the next step, which is that initial growth. And we have this discussion about their first hire. Who was the first person they took on or who the first person they're going to take on and how important it is to make sure it's somebody that is a little bit different from them. So learn something new every day. Choose your partnerships well. And thirdly, something else I've learned across the course of the eight years, we are all professionals. And regardless, you know, I've, I've, talked, to, I've talked to owners with just one property who just don't see themselves, or certainly didn't in the earlier days. They don't see themselves as being a professional or running a business. And my take on that is the moment you start accepting money, from other people in exchange for your accommodation. You become a tra- provider to the travel industry. You are a business person. You are running a business and therefore you're professional. And there's lots of responsibilities that come with that. So another hugely important lesson I, I learned over the years and, and certainly in the last eight years since I've been doing the podcast is how important networking is. And I'll go back actually to the very early days of my property management company when I was trying to get it off the ground. And Craig, my current business partner, was a bit more of a silent partner at that time. He was he was running his own listing site and leaving me with the property management side of it. So I didn't have that sound. I didn't have a sounding board. I didn't have anybody to talk to. There was nobody out there at that time. For any of you who are around. In the, you know, in the late 90s and the early 2000s doing this business, you probably recall there wasn't the wide networking that there is now. Other managers tended to um, hold on to their information. They didn't want to share. They didn't want to be, you know, I'm, and I'm air quoting here, be giving away their secrets. It was much more, I don't know, people were more secretive. And, and, I, and of course, there wasn't the social media then that allowed us to get out online and on Facebook groups and in forums like we do now. But the, the contrast between then and now in terms of how supportive we are of each other as uh, industry professionals is just amazing. I had nobody at that time. And now if somebody is starting up a property management company and they put a post out on any one of a number of Facebook groups and ask for help, they are going to get an onslaught of help from people who are just freely giving away their experiences. 
you know, don't do this, do this, steer clear of this, avoid this. This is what you need to do. I mean, this, this is not saying that all that advice that's coming to you is going to be relevant for you or indeed is going to be right. You have to sift through everything. But basically now you can network like crazy. And because there is so much information out there, you can pick and choose what you want to do. You can find, you know, this is a really important one. Find the people that you want to follow and just learn everything about them, how they manage their company, etc. In fact, uh, going back to the Stoics, I'm doing a, a challenge. It's called New Year, New You with the Daily Stoic and Ryan Holiday. And every day is a new piece of advice and something new to think about. And two days ago, it was about finding a leader and following them. And Seneca said, you must linger among a limited number of master thinkers and digest their works. If you would derive ideas, which shall win firm hold in your mind. So in that challenge with the Daily Stoic, we were asked to pick one great leader to spend the entire year with. Ideally, someone who's thinking, whose ideas, whose life experience aligns with your stoic word for the year and maybe folds into your morning date with philosophy. Now, that stems back to the very first challenge, which was about picking a word for the year. My word was focus. So I'm, I'm sort of still looking for the leader that I'm going to, to follow for the year. Somebody that I'm really going to study. doesn't have to be doing anything to do with this business. It's, a, it, it's, it's somebody out there who has shown great focus. And, you know, here's a weird aside. I've just downloaded a book called Chancellor, which is the biography of Angela Merkel. I'm a huge admirer of this woman who came from very modest beginnings in Eastern Europe and became, you know, came through to be one of the most focused leaders in the world. So I think I am going to be reading Angela Merkel's biography and studying what she did. So it could be, you know, a, a, that, that sort of a leader. It could be a business leader. It could be somebody that you've come across on social media. It could be somebody in this industry. But I love this idea of finding somebody within a network to, to really follow. And something else that the Stoics say is, you know, to not flip-flop from one thing to another, to really focus on one discipline, one person, one way of thinking. And if you're reading books, you know, just focus on one type of book, one author for a certain period of time. So that's just, that's just something else that, I mean, what I'm giving you today is things that have come out from the podcast over the last eight years, but also elements of, of the stoic philosophy that I'm following, or that I have followed for as long as I can remember. I think I'm still really, really looking forward to Andrew McConnell's book coming out in June. And I will be doing a review as soon as I get a copy. I will be doing a review of, of that book. So, yes, this lesson is network like crazy. Network, meet people, go to conferences, go to um, go to online events, connect with people. Don't just lurk about on forums but if, if somebody is saying things that you particularly like, they're rocking your boat, if you like, with things that they're, they're saying, then get in touch with them. Don't be shy. You know, one of the 
people who is most outgoing on our Facebook group, which is the business of short-term rental and property management. I hope you're out there registered with that. But one of the most vocal people on that group is Justin Ford. He's a safety expert at Breezeway. This is the guy that you need to be following. This is is a person that you can connect with personally. He is so open to these type of networking connections that, hey, (laughs) Justin, I could be opening you up to a lot of of emails. But, uh, you know, get in touch with Justin if you want to know more about safety and how to make your company more secure and safe in terms of how each property is set up. Get in touch with Justin. So, you know, think of, find a person, network with them, and then, you know, make those connections and make those connections work. So, finally, one lesson I learned way back, and it has been reinforced over and over again for me, and that is about having an exit strategy. It's about when you start a company, think about, what's going to happen when it finally, you know, when you finally decide to sell it or somebody comes along and wants to acquire it, what will you do afterwards? I did not do this with Leading Minds, which was my uh, training company. I had no idea. You know, it it just suddenly happened that the the company came, came to an end because I was moving to Canada. So my business partner at that time took it all over. But it was really, I, I just handed it off to him with, with no financial considerations at all. I just gave it away. And in retrospect, that was, was not the greatest of ideas. So I, I've learned along the way in talking to Ben Edwards, in talking to Jacoby Olin, uh, in talking to Brooke Fouts. You know, these are the people that understand the sale of, of companies that if you go into a sale without an exit strategy, you're not going to get the best deal. You've got to know how you want to exit the business at the time when you start the business. So you, if you're just out there with one property or maybe two properties and you think, you know, well, when I exit the business, oh, I'll just sell them. Think further because think about where you're going to be in five years, where you're going to be in 10 years, because you could be a much larger company. And if you put things in in place right now, you always think with the end in mind, you're going to have a much, you're going to get a much better deal uh, because you will know exactly what you want. So, so, so that's about it. You know, I, I wanted to bring you today the thoughts that have been in my head as I approach this monumental milestone and you know what I would like, and I thought about well, you know what I what, what do I want to share with somebody who's perhaps you know a new listener coming on board for the first time, wants to know a little bit more about what this is all about, what the business is all about, and and who the heck I am. Um, so I think I've I think I've done that. I've, I'm hoping I have not been self indulgent. I'm hoping I've been a bit more introspective, but also sharing. And and I brought you some some points um, and just go through them again. So I think the first one was, yeah, learn something every single day. Always at the end of the day, I mean, if you have a notebook or a diary, uh, whether it's online or a physical diary, make sure that you have written down the one thing. So at the end of every day, I mean, put it by the side of your bed, you know, just before you go to bed, you look at that and say, what is the one thing 
that really made this day stand out? What did I learn? What didn't I know yesterday that I know now? And write that down. Because we all learn things. We learn a ton of things every day. So many of them are just fleeting and you'll forget them. They will be gone. It'll be gone overnight. And you won't remember that real great nugget of information that you learned if you don't write it down. So if this is the one thing you take with, it's the one thing you take away from this episode, it's that you need to write down your one thing every single day. Secondly, choose your partnerships well. Make sure the people you're going to work with are those that complement your skills, not necessarily are the yes people who say absolutely, who agree with absolutely everything you want to do. You want to take on board people who perhaps challenge you and and make you think beyond your complement of skills and out into the wider world. Thirdly, remember, we are all professionals. We're all running a business regardless of the size of operation you run. You know, you might be listening to this because you just rent your property out a couple of weekends a year. You are still a business person. You are still running this as a business because you are accepting money in exchange for your goods and services. So treat it as such, be a professional. Fourthly, network like crazy, get out there, meet people. I I am an introvert. I am, yeah, I am an introvert and I find it challenging. That's why I probably sit behind a microphone and there aren't any people out there because I do find it challenging meeting new people, but I have made myself do it over the years. I've made myself do it and, and I'm, I'm proud to have so many people in this industry as friends that I can just reach out to at any time and we can all do this. We can all do this. And this goes without saying, if anybody wants to reach out to me, please do. Heather at vacationrentalformula.com and I'll be there for you. And of course, have an exit strategy. Make sure that right at the very beginning of this business, you have your end in mind. And even if you're 15 years into it right now, make sure you've got your exit strategy planned out because, you know, it may, you may, somebody may come along and say, hey, I want to give you a bundle for your company. Are you ready with knowing exactly how you would structure that exit from it? Whoo! That's it for this episode. I'm going, I'm going to be following the stats this week in the week of publication to see if I can actually get a snapshot of us rolling over from 999,999 to a million on libsyn.com, which is uh, the, the company that gives us our download statistics. I don't know whether I will, but I will be posting it. Uh, Do not forget to subscribe to or join us on the Facebook group, The Business of Short-Term Rental and Property Management. It's a great group of people networking and helping each other out. I'm so proud of this group that in the two years it's been going, we have I have never had to confront anybody for not following the, the Facebook group rules which are just be kind and be nice to everybody. You know, everybody is kind and nice and they are very, very, very accomplished and knowledgeable and experienced people in this group. So if you're really serious about this as a business, you should be joining this group. Okay, I'll put I'll put that on in the show notes. So if you've forgotten it, the business of short-term rental and property management, then you can go uh, check that out in the show notes. Okay, as ever, it's been an absolute pleasure 
being with you. And we have some amazing interviews coming up. We've got uh, Book Direct Day in a couple of weeks. And, oh, and I forgot to mention, I'm off to Costa Rica next week for uh, to go on holiday, which will be just amazing. So I'll have a couple of episodes tied down before I leave for Costa Rica. So... Thank you once again for having me in your ear and I'll look forward to another million downloads. It's been a pleasure as ever being with you. If there's anything you'd like to comment on, then join the conversation on the show notes for the episode at vacationrentalformula.com. We'd love to hear from you and I look forward to being with you again next week.